0: Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author, Becca Eisenberg, brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities.
1: Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number four. Today, I'm excited to be interviewing Tony Buzio. Author of 26 picture books and 11 books for teachers and librarians. Tony has a wealth of knowledge on her website, including teacher guides, lesson plans, and much more. It's an excellent resource for teachers, therapists, librarians, and parents. To read more about Tony and her books, go to her website, tonybazio.com. Tony is here today talking about her new book, When Sue Found Sue. When Sue Found Sue tells the story of Sue, a shy yet curious child who was born to find things. In 1990, Sue made the biggest discovery of her life, the largest and most complete T-Rex skeleton ever found. Her story is especially timely as Sue the T-Rex debuted in a brand new gallery at the Field Museum of Natural History. With the starred review from Booklist, the story inspires young readers to take a closer look at the world around them and never lose their sense of adventure. It also empowers young girls to pursue careers in science and perhaps one day change the course of history. Thanks for being here today, Tony. I'm glad
0: to be here, thanks for inviting me.
1: Thank you. So I'm just going to ask you some questions. And when your book arrived, I just loved it. I mean, I immediately opens it up and I'm like, oh, this is a winner because it's I actually I love picture books um, that are nonfiction. And it's just fantastic. It's interesting. And it's and you know what I love about it is that, you know, like I learned something new, too. So it's not just for my kids. Right. <laughs> um, it's also for adults because I didn't know who Sue Hendrickson was. So that was really, really interesting for me. And it kind of just, I think, leads to so many great discussions because, you know, you're reading the book and then you're, you're talking about this, this woman. And then, you know, I, I mean, at least with me and my kids, we kind of looked more a little bit more into Sue and, you know, looking up like what the T-Rex looked like. And it was just really, really interesting. So so what inspired you to write about Sue Hendrickson?
0: The first picture book biography that I published was called, or is called, I should say, A Passion for Elephants. And it's about a woman field scientist who is self trained named Cynthia Moss. She spent uh, more than 40 years um, in East Africa studying the same families of elephants, a very passionate and committed woman. And as you say, I learned so much as I researched and wrote that book. And I knew as I was writing that book that I had found a special area of children's publication that really served as inspiration for me. And so as I began to think about my next potential project, I decided that I wanted to pursue another picture book biography. And in particular, I wanted to find another Woman scientist. I myself have not trained as a scientist. I have degrees in English and in education. But I know from my experience, years of uh, teaching children and also working as a teaching school librarian, that it is especially important that girls in our society have all of the opportunities and all of the um, All of the areas of endeavor beckoning to them equally that boys do. And so I knew that I wanted to write about a woman scientist, partly as a way to inspire young girls to consider pursuing a career in science. I sent out a call to the LMNet listserv, which is a very large, thousands and thousands of school library media specialists across the country. And actually, across the world, and put it out to them that I was interested in finding a woman scientist to write about, somebody that hadn't much been written about, that kids wouldn't be particularly familiar with. And somebody suggested Sue Hendrickson. What was really wonderful for me is that I had a hook in my knowledge to Sue Hendrickson because I had been to the Field Museum very, very early on in the. Um, Sue, the days of the Sioux display, and also had seen the replica many times in the um, O'Hare Airport. Uh, there's a replica, life size replica of the Sioux, suit the T Rex, oh, and I know, so I didn't know that I got to check that out the next time I'm there. <laughs> it's it it was really lovely for me to um, have just just a little bit of attachment to Sue and then to be Sue Hendrickson. And then to begin from there, um, looking into her life and who she really was.
1: Yeah. I think it's so interesting. What I love about the character is how you talk about how she's, you know, she's shy and she's, she's creative. And I just, I, I think what I love about the character is she just sort of like that out of box kid. Yes. and I, I love that because I think for you know for young girls and young boys it's just so nice to to see a character like that that has those traits that grows up and really just kind of fulfills her dream and and discovers the most amazing thing and and the other thing is that she just never gives up you know she she's constantly like looking for things and then when she finds the most amazing discovery and it was just... I just love her character. I love the way you portrayed her because I think it's I think a lot of kids could identify with with her, with the character of Sue. So it's just I loved it. So what do you want children to learn from reading your book? Well,
0: I I think in writing picture book biographies, what I am hoping for my readers is that they will be. Inspired, of course, inspired by the character that I am portraying, the real life person that I am portraying. But also, I want them to acquire content knowledge. So I was very careful in um, trying to synthesize, because it's a picture book, because there's limited text, synthesize down to the very specifics of the process of not just finding, but then, of course, uncovering and preserving without damage all of those bones. And it is a very careful art. And it's not a comfortable pursuit. So you're in very, very hot, dry, dusty situations. Um, You're living for Um, weeks or in in Sue Hendrickson's case in this particular case for months because she was on a summer dig um, they were looking for duckbill dinosaur skeletons and it isn't um, a cushy environment at all there's no uh, showers there are not beds you're sleeping in a tent or right outside um, and you are very, very carefully excavating those bones. I was interested to hear about how it all happens and getting down to the point where you're using something so small as a paintbrush and an exacto knife to be careful to lift the bones out and not damage them in any way. While meanwhile, you are yourself as a, as a paleontologist, actually quite uncomfortable. Um, It was important to me that kids understand that the passion that Sue was following wasn't an easy passion to pursue, as so many things that um, people um, do out of love are not comfortable. They aren't easy, and yet they're worth it. So, again, I think that probably does come back to inspiration.
1: Yeah, I just and also just to kind of add that I think sometimes like children, at least, you know, because I, I work with I work with children. I work with adults. Um, a lot of times people mis misperceive picture books to be having simple text. And I think that your book is a great example of how much content and how much complex vocabulary you could actually put into a picture book. And I think it's perfect as a picture book, because I think you know, there's just so much you could learn from it. And what I love about the pictures and the illustrations is that it really just brings the story to life. And, you know, I mean, let's say with my kids, they they love chapter books and they love picture books. But especially, let's say for my son, what he loves about picture books is that, you know, just visually, you could really imagine it. You know, yes. you could picture the character. I mean, you could always do it in your head when there's no pictures, but I think I don't know. There's just something magical about picture books. I mean, hence the reason why I always say like, I'm an adult and I love picture books, you know, and, and you are, you know, that's what, that's what we're all here because it's just, there's something magical about, about books and about picture books, especially Um, the way that the illustration and the text just come together to, to make this like beautiful story and a yeah. true story. And, yeah. um, and it's true because a lot of times you could have a passion and a lot of times people say, oh, come on, like, you're not going to really do that. That's so difficult. That's so hard. But what I love about Sue is that she, she, you know, she had a dream and she just kept persisting at it. And I always, that's what I always tell my kids is that even with my clients, with the kids that I'm working with, because they have a lot of challenges, they have a lot of different disabilities. And what I tell them is, you know, if you want something bad enough, you could get it you know, you have to just be motivated and you have to persist. And um, just even for myself, just kind of like, You know, growing up, wanting to do things, wanting, let's say, to write children's books or, you know, wanting to be a speech pathologist. I mean, I just kept working at it and working at it. And, you know, with with Sue, she just never gave up. And I also think when you're talking about sitting in the desert and being so careful with the bones, she was just so patient. And I think that's another point is that, you know, sometimes like today, everything is so quick. And such, and it's just immediately like that immediate reinforcement all the time um, with electronics and everything else, and that, and texting and messaging. You could message in a million different ways. Um, And I think what's so great about Sue is that it teaches kids that sometimes we need to be patient. And it's not immediate, and we need to be slow, and we need to be careful because if she just grabbed those bones out of out of that you know out of the rock, I mean they would have just you know they would have broken down, and it wouldn't have been what it is today so it's a it's just a nice lesson I think, in not immediate gratification that it takes time
0: and it takes a lot of patience so I think too, in terms of that patience that you're bringing up um Sue exemplifies that. In her really rather for me magical um, calling of those bones across seven miles, four hours of um, a rigorous hike over uneven ground, four months while she was digging at the site that the team was at, there was something about that cliff far off in the distance that called to her. And yet, she had a job to do. She was involved every day with the team digging for the bones that they were digging in that, in that specific location and yet waiting for a possible opportunity to present itself that she and her dog Gypsy could travel over that terrain, walking for four hours in the desert to answer the call of a cliff that she had no idea why was why it was calling her. And finally, when the team did go off just at the end of their dig um, to get a flat tire fixed, she stayed behind and decided that this was the day that she could satisfy her patient waiting and walk over to that cliff and see what was up with it. And what was up with it was that eight feet above her head were those amazing bones sticking out of the cliff. Yeah, it's just amazing how, and that's why you
1: always, should always follow your God. That's what I always say, If you know, she had a God, she, she knew she was, you know, she knew that there was something there. So it's, it's really amazing. I mean, it's,
0: it's incredible. So do, so do you and Sue share any common traits? Interestingly enough, and it wasn't until you sent me that question that I really began to think about it, oddly enough, but I was an incredibly shy child. I was so shy that in first grade, for example, if my best friend, Linda, was not at school, I wouldn't talk to anybody else. I was so painfully shy. And when I say I wouldn't talk to anybody else, that included my teacher. I was so shy that I was afraid to talk to anyone. And that lasted for me for quite a few years. So when you ask the question, I I thought about, well, what what are Sue's key traits? And of course, one of the things about her as a child was that she was incredibly shy and very much a loner. She also loved to read and that was my refuge too. I was lucky enough by the time I was eight years old to have a library, a branch library built in my neighborhood. And I went to that library just as often as I could when I was old enough to walk there myself. I would go every day to the library, especially in the summer. And that was Sue. She was so focused on um, two things. First of all, reading, but also on discovery. And so she would take long walks by herself, looking to see what she could find. And that, in fact, for her, turned into a career um, that required a lot of persistence. And that's the other thing that Sue and I have in common. I have an enormous amount of persistence. Um, Sometimes it is even annoying to me, Uh, (laughs) but I will not give up. I uh, pursue things to their um, conclusion. It's what makes me a great researcher. It's why I'm a great librarian, because I know that the information is available somewhere. And I will dig until I find it. And that's one of the really special things for me about writing nonfiction. For um, many, many, many years, I only published fiction. And I was delighted um, to find out that as much research as fiction may require, nonfiction requires even more. And I do love that research process because I am persistent and committed to finding the answers to my questions.
1: Oh, that's great. And I just, I just have one more question that I didn't send you, but I was just curious because you were, you know, you're you were a librarian. And what was it, what was the process like in deciding to write your first children's book as a librarian?
0: Well, I um, had heard, as as many, many people in Maine had heard, a legend that is told in Midcoast Maine about a baby who washed ashore in a sea chest. And this really does speak to the research piece. Um, I was curious because many people in, in Maine, especially in that mid coast area, I lived in Southern Maine, um, believe that the story is true. That in the 1870s, a ship was foundering in the waters during a terrible storm. And the lighthouse keeper, local lighthouse keeper, of course, kept the lights burning in the lighthouse during the storm. And in the morning, he went down to the shore and found a sea chest, which he unwrapped. It was wrapped in feather mattresses tied with sailor knots. And inside the chest, he found a baby with an note tied to her wrist, um, committing her into the hands of God. Assumption being that the ship had Wrecked in the storm. The captain and his wife had felt that the only way that the baby could survive was to wrap her up in quilts, put her in the sea chest, and cast her upon the waters. Um, The question for me was, is I writing a fiction book or a nonfiction book? So it was important to me to understand that before I set out to write the story. I connected with Barbara Rumsey Skinner, who was the historical area uh, museum director and talked to her about the dilemma that I had about knowing whether or not it was true. I said, so many people in the region believe that that's a true story. I want to know before I write it, whether it's true or not. And she was so generous and so helpful and she was persistent herself because she wanted for herself to prove that it was a legend, a beautiful legend, but not a true incident. And so she went through the lighthouse logs for an entire decade of time in the 1870s, looking at each and every page, reading each and every page of those logs to try to find evidence that there had been a shipwreck first of all, and that a baby had washed ashore at the lighthouse. Having read every page, and logs are kept daily at a lighthouse, having read every single page for 10 years of time, she was unable to find the evidence that she would have needed um, that there was a storm or that a baby had arrived in a sea chest. And both of those events would have been recorded in the lighthouse log and there was no evidence of it. So I felt free at that point to tell the story and shape it in the way that I wanted to, since it wasn't a true story. I added a young girl who was living as an only child at the lighthouse and who was longing for a sibling. And so when the sea chest washes ashore in the morning after the terrible storm and the baby is found in the sea chest, the daughter, the girl, um, the lighthouse keeper's daughter and her family adopt that baby as their own. So her wish comes true.
1: Oh, wow. I got to get that book. That That book is called The Sea Chest. Oh, I got to get that. That sounds fascinating. Well, is there anything else you want to talk? So that's the rest of my questions. Um, is
0: there anything else you wanted to add? No, I think what, what I'd like to say is that I really hope that um, when Sue found Sue inspires children, that it inspires them to, as you say, listen to their gut, that it inspires them to um, follow their passions. and. Often in childhood, passions come and, and we satisfy them and then they leave us. But we never know which passion of childhood becomes the passion of a lifetime. And so for me, in fact, my passion for books as a child turned in first to a career in teaching writing, followed by a, career, a very long career as a children's librarian, and then finally as a children's author. So you never know in childhood, which of the passions that you follow will be your life's work.
1: Yeah, and I totally agree. I think it's just so wonderful to kind of fulfill those, those passions, because I think a lot of times, you know, at least like as a parent, I have my, my kids are, you know, I get, well, they're, they're a little bit older now, um, but I think sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, you're not going to really do that when you get older right. or, you know, and I always I'm all about just something that they're interested in. Let's go for it. And if they're not really interested in something, I'm not going to push them to do it um, because it's all about fulfilling those those passions because they they can turn into careers when That's you get older. And, you know, when I was younger, I just always the same. I was I was shy. Um, and I also loved books. My favorite thing to do was to go to the library <laughs> <laughs> Mine too, And to go and to have like that summer book club and to sit with the librarian and, and, and talk to her about the books. And I just always loved books so much. And so I could identify with Sue as well, because it was just such a, such a great memory, just yeah. sitting with books and so comforting yeah. and, and even reading the books as an adult, I feel connected again because just it's such a great memory. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for talking about when Sue found Sue and I'm really excited for your book blog tour, which is May 14th through May 17th. And I'll also be writing a review and sharing the podcast and, um, And you could find that review and podcast on mealtime.com. And don't forget to check out Tony's website as well, because, you know, as as a therapist, as a speech pathologist, as a parent, you have tons and tons of just excellent information and just, I mean, stuff that I would definitely use during my therapy sessions. And I know teachers will find them very, very valuable. So thank you again for today. Thank you, Becca. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.